and it was like, hey, you're missing a time entry. And there's this standard little blurb the guy added to every email because he's had so many issues with repeat people. And he was like, if this continues to be a problem, I will be notifying management. And I told, I told, I talked to my peer and I was like, you should have just been like, respond and been like, sorry, I am management. (laughs) Burn. Welcome to Working Code with your three hosts who never make off by one errors, Adam, Ben, Carol, and Tim. Welcome, everybody, to the Working Code Podcast, Episode 77. Today, we're going to be talking about mid-manager blues. But as always, we're going to start with our triumphs and fails, and we're kicking it off with Tim. Yeah, so I had a good streak of of triumphs, guys, but uh, all good things must come to an end. Uh I I guess it was like around last fall, last late summer. I, I talked about how like whenever school season starts beginning of school i get this like kind of funk like this stressful anxiety because just beginning of school is anxious and getting bullied in middle school and stuff like that mm-hmm. we'll have the opposite now right so the, right now is the last week of school for my kids and i have a complete case of senioritis i have totally been <laughs> skipping work <laughs> I have been skipping work acting like I'm the one who's like, this is my last, you know, the kids got out early because they exempted all their exams. So it's like, they're not going to school. I'm just like, I'm just doing the bare minimum of work. Please don't listen to this. Anyone at work. <laughs> I mean, I'm answering my emails, but I'm not getting a whole lot of emails. And it's like, I, I don't really have a lot of projects in the fire right now, other than like some middle management legal stuff that I've been dealing with, which we can talk about in our blues section. But it's, yeah, it's like, I'm just avoiding work like the plague and I feel guilty. But I know that coming up Sunday, I'm leaving for Barcelona for two weeks. Part of it's work, part of it's vacation. I know that when I get back, I'll be energized to get back to work. But right now, I'm like, I just can't even. Yeah. I, I can't even. So, yeah, it, it hit me hard when James graduated. I was like, oh, man, this is my last last day of school with him. And this is probably my last summer break with him. And it's going to be a lot of lasts for us where there's going to be all these big firsts for him. He's going to have his first day at college and he's going to have mm-hmm. all this first going forward. But there is this big chunk that's ending now. And it was that yeah. summer break was really emotional for me. Yeah. So I get it. I get it. It may not be, you may not be quite as energized when you get back. You may be realizing that your time's still counting down. Yeah. <laughs> My baby girl, she's dual enrolled, so she'll be doing some summer college, and he'll be starting college. But yeah, mm-hmm. so we'll see. I, I hopefully, just you know, all the excellent tapas and pinchos <laughs> that I eat in, in Barcelona will energize me. Well, so, I hope you come back fat and happy then. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. I have to start fasting again. All right. That's me. How about you, Carol? Oh, man. All right. So I failed. I'm going to call it a failure. We may decide to try it. You guys can let me know, but I'm going with the failure right now. I love coding. I love coding so much. I really forgot how much I love it until I can't do it. And I've had two different days this week where I have been deep into something and at that 80% mark where it's working-ish, but you're working through those last few like pieces where something's just not scrolling right or something's not exactly where you want it and you're doing those tweaks to something to make it look right or whatever it is and I have to completely just stop 
walk away for 10 minutes, take the dog for a walk, go outside because I have to switch my brain off of code and into management. And mm-hmm. I, I had a little bit of resentment a couple of times because I was like, man, if I wouldn't have done this route, I could just keep coding and coding and that no one <laughs> makes me turn off my brain ever for it. They're just like, keep going. We'll reschedule around you. And that doesn't happen now. Now I have to sit in a lot of meetings, which they're great meetings. And I love what I'm doing, but I definitely missed coding a lot. And I had some moments this week where I had to refocus myself back in. And again, that's going to roll into our topic too, but I'm going to call yeah. it a failure because I got to get better on, on, on and off switches for when I need to transition from what mm. I'm doing and realize it's okay to just come back to it. Yeah. Yep. I imagine that's tough though for someone with ADHD, right? Oh that, that, yeah. That switching context. And if I didn't take my medicine that day, Oh, yeah. Yeah. I only recently learned that ADHD does not necessarily mean that you can't pay attention. Oh, yeah. There's been a lot of people who host podcasts actually been talking about their ADHD. And I'm I'm telling you stuff you already know, but this is for other (laughs) people's benefit. That it's not that you can't pay attention. It's that it's my understanding is that you're not great at regulating your attention. So yeah. sometimes it means you can't pay attention and sometimes it means you're so deeply focused that you literally can't step away or think about anything else. Yeah. And I did so not realize that. Monday, Steve called me at three o'clock and I had been avoiding all of his text and had been screening my phone most of the day. He called at three and was like, hey, just want to check in on you because I hadn't heard from you. I had sat down at my computer at eight. The dog hadn't cried to go out. There had been nothing happening and it was three o'clock and I had not, I hadn't stepped away. I hadn't peed. I hadn't taken a drink of anything because I had one (laughs) cup of coffee on my desk and that was it. And that was gone. So like from eight to three, there was no movement other than just fingers on the keyboard, hyper focused in and was completely unaware of the time and where my life was at that moment. So I was like, oh, I'm going to stand up right now and walk away. I did not want to. I was like in the middle of what I wanted to do. And I was kind of frustrated that I was walking away. But once I walked away, I was like, okay, this was right for my health and for my mental health because mm-hmm. I need to step away from it. So yeah, yep, absolutely happens. No, I don't believe that I have anything that approaches ADHD, but I have a terrible sense of time, not time within a given day, but like over days and weeks and months, time doesn't have like a quantitative feel for me. Like a week feels very similar to me than like three months. And I'm at the same time very much an out of sight, out of mind person. So if I don't see someone, it it would never occur to me to call them or even write them an email. Interesting. and, And then if I don't see them for months or even years, I can meet them and just like pick up where we left off. Like it doesn't feel awkward to me. Huh. But I'm, I'm I'm kind of the same way. Much to my mother's chagrin, I'm like, why yeah. didn't you call oh me? God. Like, <laughs> <laughs> my mom's always like, my mom's always like, you don't have to be afraid to call me. <laughs> and I'm like, mom, the phone works both ways. <laughs> <laughs> you were obviously thinking of me. <sighs> oh. mm-hmm. There was there was a movie Hercules with uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. It came out like mm. maybe like six or seven years ago. And I just remember in the trailer, going back to Carol's stuff, in the trailer, there's a guy who's talking to Hercules. And Hercules was like a half man, half God type of character. And he says something to him like, if you continue to deny who you are, the gods will punish you for it. And because I think he kept wanting to be a man and didn't want to like own up to his 
godly responsibilities, but it, it feels very apropos for the idea of coding and management. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and I appreciate you getting the amount of time that passed on, on point with what you said, because it was actually eight years since that. It was. Oh, nice. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> it was three months ago, Ben. It was just like yes, a couple yes, months yes, ago. Yes. It's fine. <laughs> Yo, this is so, this is like a really morbid example, but I was actually hanging out with my brothers a couple of weekends ago. And we were talking about my dad. My dad passed a while back. And said something about like, oh, death like doesn't it doesn't weigh on me very much. Like I obviously I don't want to die, but like I don't think about death very often. And I said, like, yeah, dad died like eight years ago or something like that. And my brother was like, he died 16 years ago. Whoa. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> but like like eight no years, 16 years. Yeah. It's all the same. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, my wife is very forgiving because I think she's not a huge time person also. So I always mm-hmm. refer to us as like, oh, yeah, we've been together somewhere between five and 12 years, somewhere mm-hmm. in there. <laughs> <laughs> in a range. I mean, in, in my head, the 90s were only like 20 years ago, like the early 90s. But knowing that it's 2022, I know mathematically that can't be true. Yeah. <laughs> So the time thing, I'm going to add one thing to it. We are writing our own vows for the wedding. And I last night told Steve one of the lines from like one of my lines that I have in my vows that I've written to him. And I cried my eyes out. So I'm going to try to not cry because, you know, it's like it's an emotional thing. Me me too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I was like one of my one of mine is that for the first time in my life forever doesn't feel like long enough. And Aww. it's for the first time I have a concept of what an end looks like and what a time limit looks like. And I don't like it. I don't like to think that at some point this has to end that I don't get forever because I mean, I get forever, but it, it's not, it's never long enough when it's with Aww. someone you love. So a yeah. baby girl's growing up. <laughs> I'm like tearing really up. You sweet. Guys. <laughs> yeah. So it's, I don't know. I get time now more than I've ever gotten it. Awesome. Yeah. So, okay, triumphs and failures. Ben, what do you have? <laughs> Bring us out um, of our slump, please. I'm going to save us all here with a triumph. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> I feel like I've been continuing to try and crush it at my normal levels. As we've talked about many times, I'm sort of working as an island unto myself at, at the company. And sometimes it's hard to find stuff to do or find the right things to do because I don't have managers and I don't have a lot of contact with the customers. But I, uh, I feel like I've been persevering and I've been finding things to, to build and ways to add value to the, uh, to the application. And we have this product TV Slack channel at work where people share all the things that they've recently released. And not that this is a real gauge of success at all, but over the last week or so, I'm scrolling through it and it's like my demo video and someone else's demo video and like my demo video again for something else and someone else's. And like finally into my demo video again, like I feel like I've, I had a really nice cadence of releasing features or featurettes, depending on how big they are here. But I don't know. I just, I was feeling really good about that. Well, that's good. I mean, I, I wasn't here for the last episode that was recorded, but, you know, it was like Ben needed a minute was the title. Yeah. 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 yeah and he was just needed some love, right? And he wasn't, yep. feel, didn't, didn't feel love. like he was crushing it. So yeah. I, I guess, you know, maybe you kind of going into your feelings there for a little bit and coming out and going, you know what? I can crush it. And now this week, you're crushing it. So, crushing it. Yay. So that's awesome. And we're proud oh, yeah. of you. Yay. Well, thank you yep. very much. Your crushing matters. <laughs> <laughs> Aww. 
Awesome. All right. So that's triumphs and failures. So let's ease into our topic du jour. We, we should point out Adam's not here. Well, I right. was hoping so, no one would even know this. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No. Yeah, we love you, Adam. He's he's on site at Princeton. So oh, name dropping, we just, are we? We miss you, Adam. No. Yeah, yeah <laughs> we miss you, Adam. That, but that's the only way you'd ever get to Princeton. <laughs> Yeah, so I think uh, for this week, a good topic is to just kind of talk about some of the management things going on. I know Ben's asked a couple of times just for an update on how the role is going and how running with two hats on all the time is working for me. And I think it's a good time to kind of chat about that because this week I did hit some struggles with it and it's made me miss what I used to do a lot, but Mm. I don't still have no regrets. I'm still loving what I'm doing. So. And I definitely have feelings on this too. So Good, good. Then we'll have a, a little show then about it. <laughs> For sure. So in my new role, I get to be an individual contributor to projects and I also get to manage people. And I spend what was supposed to kind of be 70-30. So I was supposed to have about 70% of my time allocated to still getting to write code and 30% to the management side of things because it really shouldn't take up a ton of my time because we split the team in half. So instead of me having to manage everyone, we divided it between two people so that two of us are going to do this role and then we each still get to write code because coding is something that we love. Well, starting out, it's been probably closer to 50-50 or maybe even... 40% coding and 60% management just because there's so much training and there's so many meetings. There's so much to catch up on. There's so much back understanding that I just don't have. So I'm kind of getting to that point now where I am feeling like I'm getting more into the 70, 30% where I'm less management and more coding. Mm -hmm. But I had the points this week where I had a tiny little bit of resentment that I had to stop writing code. I was in the spot that makes me so happy on the inside and it brings me joy and it makes my mind churn in a way that nothing else does. So when I was in the middle of what I thought was amazing code and someone had actually said to me in quotes, if you can solve this, you're incredible. And I was a challenge accepted. Exactly. I was like, well, now I'm going to Google the hell out of this and find the answer. No, <laughs> I was like, this doesn't like it. It was a problem we couldn't solve, but it didn't seem crazy complex. So I, um, did a few things, tried some different stuff, realized why what we thought would work wouldn't work, and then found a solution for it. So I was like 80% done, and it's going on noon, and I have to stop. I have to just tell my brain, no more code, take a break, because if I don't walk away for 10 minutes, I go straight from coding into a meeting where I need to be focusing and paying attention and contributing to, I start that meeting with a little bit of resentment that Mm -hmm. I had to stop what I'm doing for this. And someone's asking about the weather. Like I could have joined three minutes later and kept coding longer (laughs) because you want to know about the weather where everyone lives. Like it's silly little things and they don't really matter in the big picture, but that's just where my brain is. When you took, when I feel like I took away something I love, that's not fair. I don't want to know about the weather. I was going to write three more (laughs) lines of code right now and hit test again and see, what happened so i have to like hard cut myself off and go no more this is like an addiction no more you're bad stand up walk away it's okay take the dog out get a drink is it bad though i I mean from what i understand correct me if i'm wrong with adhd 
I hear that my understanding is that if you don't find something, not you, but a person with ADHD yeah. doesn't find something interesting, they can't focus on it. It's like I was working on something interesting and now we're here talking about the weather. This is not interesting. My brain cannot handle it. I go into overload, but I've had this for years. So I've learned how to handle it and how to process with it. So I am better than most people or I'm better than people who don't know how to manage it well. I say I can totally sympathize though. So it's like whenever I am engrossed in something. So it's like I get a lot of injects, right? So my pretty much for the past almost 15 years, I've been a mixture of coder slash manager. Yeah. Sometimes I've had 50 people that are Uh, under under me. Mm -hmm. And then my team's pretty small now and I I like a smaller team. I I prefer a smaller team because it's just you can be a lot more agile and and quicker to to, to change, but and you can give them like, your true attention. You can't give right. fifty people your attention no, and do a good job. Exactly. Yeah, I have to have people under me. So then, yeah. <laughs> like when I had fifty people, I had like people under me, and mm-hmm. it's like I would find out stuff later that they were doing that I was like, oh my god, she did what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she, she said what to you? Uh-huh. I wouldn't. I, it wasn't me, you I, guys. That's not me. I, I, I never <laughs> saw any of. No, it wasn't her. It wasn't her. Uh, it, it, I and I never saw any of this. Right. So as so I felt. Rem- move from that I just felt terrible people like oh yeah I'm so glad you finally fired her because she did this and this I'm like oh my god yeah but with a smaller team it's like you can have constant interaction but like for instance like because I deal with like so many different departments of the infrastructure team the sales team the people above my management team above me and then like marketing Mm -hmm. it's like marketing particularly I just I don't know if this is a marketing trait but they they just they kind of like don't really work on a schedule. They have a schedule, but it's like they want information from you and they want it right now. Like mm-hmm. I'm building this asset. I have to do this whole, you know, presentation kind of thing. And I need to know this and this. And they like message you right in the middle of the day. Oh yeah. And I get so angry. They won't be a message. They will call like the team's call. I'll get do, 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 And I'm like, <laughs> I take it. I take the call. Sometimes nice I want to, and, it, and it's like, and they ask, start asking me questions, and I, I feel bad because I, I'm a little bit resentful. Like I was right in the middle, of, and I'm still right. looking at my co- I'm still looking at my code while yep. they're talking. Oh, I know. Right, I'm still looking at it trying <laughs> to figure it out. But I know it's not like you know it's not going to be an optimal solution if I'm doing this while I'm trying to answer their questions. Mm-hmm. And I just get so resentful. It's like you stop me in the middle of something to answer these questions, even though. I know marketing is extremely important. I used to be in sales and marketing. So I know how incredibly important it is to do it and to do it well. But it's like, you just interrupted me and that just kills me. Yep. Oh, I know. Not to side tangent for a second, but I'm blown away at how much development seems to be marketing-driven development, by which I mean the marketing team has decided that they want to do some sort of a marketing push on X date. Right and now, mm-hmm. everybody is racing to get their features in to meet that X date. So they're they're up until the wire there, deploying stuff that's more or less untested because everyone's mm-hmm. scrambling to get to this. And then people either don't hit that deadline or things get released and they're buggy. And then people are freaking out about like, oh, you guys need to have better quality on your work. And you're like, no, what we need is to build a feature, have it live in production for six months. And then you market it once we realize yeah. that it's been battle tested. But it's just like everybody is driven by this idea of these marketing campaigns. I, I'm pretty fortunate in that regard. So, I mean, marketing, I tell them what they need to feature. Right? Oh, that's so cool. Like, yeah, I'm like, they're like, I thought this a certain feature would 
be ready at a certain date, but because of legal, I have a whole section that we can talk about with dealing with legal <laughs> department. All my bottlenecks are in the legal department. And so it's like, I'm sorry, this is kind of ready to go, but we can't release it because we're still negotiating contracts right now. So it's like, you're going to have to push that up until July because oh, that wow. is not happening. This yeah. is not happening in April. So, yeah. and so that, and fortunately they are pretty good about that. Okay. Well, what can we feature? I'm like, all right, this is ready now. This has been working for the past three months. Let's focus on that. Let's dive in on that. Oh man. One time I was so furious. I wake up very early relatively speaking, I wake up at five and I'm, Oh no, that's not relatively. That's early. That's yeah. early. <laughs> so I wake I, up at eight 45 <laughs> snoo- snooze for like three times. So one morning, this is a couple of years ago. I woke up at five, got to my desk at like maybe five 25 after showering and everything. And one of the other engineers had been paged in the middle of the night at like 2 a.m., because someone realized that there was a marketing campaign going out in the morning and someone had forgot to communicate to the team that some feature oh. was part of that marketing campaign. So they paged him the night before to build the feature overnight so that it could be shipped in the what? morning. I was, oh, How about I you was, just pause the marketing yo, campaign? Yeah. Oh my, I was, to this day, I will forever hate that manager. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know him as a person. I only know him from this. And like that has yep. so tarnished him in my vision that I, like, I'll never be able to work with this person. It was Your legacy it was, is man, done, man. It's over. Yeah. yeah. Oh, marketing. I mean, I, but I mean, I, I get it. Organizationally, that lockstep between development and product and marketing and sales, it's really, it's tough to get. I mean, it's, it's two different, it's two different goalposts, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me ask you this, Carol. Okay. Who decides what you code? Because you're the manager. So is it basically like people are like, Carol, why are you working on that? And you're like, it's okay. My manager signed off on it. <laughs> no, well, first we don't question people on what they work on because we, <laughs> Very we just have... Yeah, we have a pretty big backlog and we have several big projects going on at all times. So we just try making sure that there's work out there that is capable to be worked by all the different skill sets that we have on the team. So we try to have some easier things for the newer people and then some mid and some harder things just so that no matter who frees up, there's always something to pick up. So we just pick up whatever we want to work. And if I go through the like to-do list, the ready the like things we've pointed in story time and there's nothing in there I feel like I can work on. I just reach out to the product owner and go, yo, none of this is appealing to me. Can you give us some more work? And they'll just move things back in. They're like, sure. What do you think about this? Or what do you want to look at on this? So nobody questions us on what we do, but yeah. So all of us just pick up whatever we want to work on. That's what we work on. Yeah. We had an email come out the other day because we have this timekeeping system called Harvest. And it's literally just some people take it to an extreme and it's totally fine. Everybody just uses it however they want to use it. I use it the way I was taught to use it, which is you just log in once a week and you put eight hours on every day and you just (laughs) say I worked. (laughs) Yeah, I like that. I'm like, okay, and I will put it on the correct projects because they just want to know how much it costs to build the effort. So they want to know the cost associated with building this project, like what was the number to it? So, I mean, I'll put it like on vendor communication or on the autoresponder when I was doing that. Otherwise, it's just internal support. That's where all the my hours go. Some people put like 15 minutes in this meeting, 15 minutes here. Like 
So do however you want. But an email came out the other day because one of my co-managers had forgot to put in a time entry for the week before. And it was like, hey, you're missing a time entry. And there's this standard little blurb the guy added to every email because he's had so many issues with repeat people. And he was like, if this continues to be a problem, I will be notifying management. And I talked I told, I talked to my peer and I was like, you should have just been like, respond and been like, sorry, I am management. Ooh, <laughs> burn. <laughs> sorry, I snorted. So it was just our, our cute little like inside joke that day with the uh-huh, management. But now, yeah, I feel pretty fortunate because it's like... I, I decide, get to decide, I, I drive the product roadmap. Yeah. So, I mean, the entire division of this company that was created came out of sort of a little rogue side experiment that I created that turned into the entire payments division. of. It's crazy, it was, right? Right. So <laughs> oh, that's awesome. It's like, yeah. I, I, I decide what we're working on. It's like, I don't get, there's never any interference from the higher companies above me of what we're doing because it's like I try to stay abreast of what's going on in the payments industry Mm -hmm. and so I'm like always I'm actually a little sometimes too far ahead Uh. stuff that right and then I don't get buy-in sometimes and then I just kind of lose interest some of the stuff I'm working on now if I had really applied myself a bit more and fought harder four years ago it's like we wouldn't be a million we would be a company in the millions we'd be a company approaching billions yeah so yeah. So, I, yeah, that's the nice thing about somewhat being a, a, a manager slash developer is like I can drive what we're working on and what I think is important. And, and that excites me. That yeah. part excites me. But what, what depresses me is like when I delegate stuff, I'm the kind of person I don't want to I, I hate micromanagers. So I don't want to delegate do something it. and then be like constantly checking on how's mm-hmm. this, you know, I'll have a meeting once a day. What's your status? How's it going? Any roadblocks? Anything I do to help? Nope. Nope. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's like, all right, now I don't know what to, to do with the rest of my day <laughs> other than argue with finance and legal and, and have meetings with customers and stuff, which, I mean, I don't mind those. It just doesn't fill me with joy. I know the necessity of it. I'd much rather have my hands on a keyboard and start coding something. But a lot of times it's like because I've delegated stuff, there's nothing for me to do. I get and that. I feel really worthless. I have like multiple loves, right? So I love growing people and I love writing code. I don't like all the other meetings that go along with it. So I do when I'm having to sit in these meetings, I go, I can't have it all. Just get through it. And then you can do those other things you love the rest of the time. You'll be fine. Like stop being selfish and trying to have the perfect day. Nobody else gets a perfect day. Why should you? It's okay. Go to the meeting. (laughs) The only thing that saves me in meetings, like particularly like customers, is I just try to be the funniest person in the room. Nice. (laughs) If I can just make people laugh during the meeting, I'm like, okay. I I share some joy and I know I'm in a bad mood and I don't even care about trying to be somewhat humorous during the meeting. It's like, yeah, I'm checked out on this. And I'll do the Elon Musk thing. It's like, I'll tell people like, particularly like sometimes with marketing, they'll just start telling me stuff that is completely tangential to what I care about with the meeting. It's like, okay, that's good for you. But I don't, I'll be like, unless you guys need me, I'm I'm leaving this meeting. Yeah. I've got some other things to take care of. (laughs) I will just ghost. Mm -hmm. I I always feel guilty if the meeting's coming up to the top of the hour or whenever it was scheduled to end and it's still going and then I have another call I have to get to. This is like so ridiculous. I feel guilty saying, sorry, I have to drop to get to another call. Yeah, but that you should be respectful of everyone's time. 
No, no, no. I, I agree. I'm saying how ridiculous it is that I feel guilty. Yeah. I shouldn't have to feel guilty. You, sh- you should not feel guilty. At the beginning of each meeting, if I do have a, like a, another call back up, I'm like, I will say at the beginning, just to let you guys know, I have a hard stop at yeah, two. Yeah. Right? And so then when, when it's getting close to two, I'm like, hey, I've got a hard, as I said, I have a hard stop at two. I bounce and I don't feel yeah. guilty at all. I told them nice. up front. And a lot of times the end of the meeting is just minutia. Right. Yeah. If you haven't figured it out by then, you're not going to figure it out in the last two minutes. <laughs> we have a lady who's been putting me in some meetings with her. And I've noticed every time she does a meeting, like nothing ends on the 30 minute or the hour. Everything. If it's a 30 minute call, then it ends five minutes before that. So it's just a 25 minute call. If it's an hour like meeting, it'll end at the 50 minute mark. And she's made it clear. She's like, I hate that I sit here all day and I can't even get up and go pee. Like I end a call that went long and I feel bad for these other people who are waiting on me. So I won't go then. She goes, so everything I schedule, I give you a five or 10 minute break because you deserve that. You need to stand up and walk around. Everybody does. So I've tried doing that with things I schedule too. So that if like when we hit that point, I'm like, if this needs to keep going, we're rescheduling something. Like we're not going to just keep going past it because I need to stand up. You need to stand up. I need to jot down some notes. Mm -hmm. I need to think about the next meeting. It's not fair to anyone involved. So I'm going to try getting that more common with the stuff I do with people I work with to give me a pee break between meetings, please. I ended a meeting like 10 minutes early a couple weeks ago. I was Mm -hmm. like, because I mostly because I wasn't interested anymore. It wasn't, there really wasn't anything interesting left. It was not this stuff, not related to what I was doing. I'm like, Hey guys, I got to bounce. I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> that's, that's the great thing about working from home. It's like, it's not like you're in an office or at a table and you, you know, have to stand up and leave. It's like, yeah. Nope, I got to go in meeting. Bye. <laughs> I got to go, go. Leave me alone. I'm pooping. <laughs> I was just going to say, as someone who's an individual contributor full time, I have relatively few meetings. And then every now and then I'll have to try and schedule time with not just a manager, but maybe like a manager and another engineer. And I'm the one responsible for scheduling the meeting. <laughs> and so the way that I do that is I go into a Google calendar and I just turn on those other people's yeah. calendars so that I can find yep. a free yeah. time. And yo, when I turn on a manager's calendar, it's just like a solid color of mm-hmm. meetings across the entire week. I, as an individual contributor, I have trouble imagining that all of those meetings are actually necessary. It just feels You'd like be surprised. eight hours of meetings a day. It's nuts. You'd yeah. be surprised. They all come from a good spot. Like I have a Monday standup with my boss and my peer. And it's basically just to sync up. It's to say, hey, we need to take 30 minutes to an hour every week just to kind of go over where we're at with everything and any challenges that we're having and to make sure that we're communicating and that we're just on the same page. And those are valuable to me. Like I get more out of that than I do the big giant all the managers together meetings because I actually can Mm -hmm. learn and I can express like what's going on and I have a better understanding of the other half of the team. So one thing I do, Ben, is kind of do some block scheduling. Mm -hmm. So I will go on my calendar and put like a block of actually what I'll do. So people don't know that it's a block schedule as I'll put three to four hours on certain days of the week that are in. I'll do an hour each to make it look like I have meetings. So when people try because they can see your (laughs) schedule, right? They don't see see what it is. Right, right, right. Right. Yeah. That I'm busy and they don't schedule it there. So I, I do that. In order to just get, you know, some contiguous hours together, because I do hate that. 
I've said this before, it's like if you have a meeting, it's a half hour meeting and then it goes from two to two thirty, and then you have a three o'clock meeting, that half hour, what are you going to do during that? Yeah. You're not going to get any productive coding done no. at, at that point. None. So I'll just kind of do some block scheduling to block out some time that I know that I have that. And then the other rule is if someone cancels a meeting, which happens a lot, they cancel at last minute or they, or they cancel the day before, I don't take that off my calendar. That you stays there. That, yeah. That, yeah, that's yeah, bonus yeah, yeah. time, baby. That's <laughs> bonus time. <laughs> Yo, and, and I'll tell you, as it, it causes some, not, I don't want to say conflict, maybe like we use a term at work sometimes of residue of resentment, where it's like, it's just feelings, just like minor feelings. Mm-hmm. So as an individual contributor, uh, my schedule is a lot more relaxed. I can pivot if I have to pivot. If I if there's interrupt-driven work that comes up, I can be interrupted and I can work on that. And it's not catastrophic to my overall schedule. And managers, it feels like their next week and a half has already been mapped out on their calendar. So I, I feel like their ability to pivot and change is not nearly my ability. And I don't think about that because I don't look at their calendars, but then stuff will come up at work. Like I was just talking to my wife over dinner about this, that we have a, a one of our customers who's like our second largest customer, I think, and they're pretty significant customer, came to us and were complaining about a point of friction in the application. And I was like, well, I need to understand a little bit more about what is frictional for them so I can start to think about maybe a, a potential solution. And, and, and this customer support person's response to that was, okay, well, we have a call scheduled with them next Wednesday and we can probably bring this up. And I'm like, or can we just not jump on a call with them tomorrow? <laughs> like, right. why, why are we waiting till next Wednesday if this is our second largest customer and they're having problems? Like, is it? But you know, the reality is there probably is no time for these people until next Wednesday because that's when it's been blocked off. But for me, it's like, whatever, I'm loosey goosey. I'll meet whenever you want. But <laughs> it's, it's coming from two different worlds. It's, uh, it, it, it's frictional sometimes. Yeah. So with that, I will say my most important meetings that are on my calendar that I don't move and I will cancel other people on are my one-on-ones with the people who report to me. Those are the things that I don't let anything else take over. If someone important puts a, yeah. puts a calendar invite or tries taking over that slot, like that's who gets rejected. And I'm like, this is yeah. more important that I show them that they're the value here rather than me trying to get on a call with you about something that can be discussed in an hour. So I think that keeping your people who report to you the top priority will go a lot longer than fitting in a conversation that can wait even until tomorrow. Like, don't do it. Don't move your people around. For sure. I agree. So earlier, Tim had mentioned, too, that he feels a little bit of resentment when, you know, he's sitting there looking at his code and wants to be doing it. And they're like chatting about other things. I have found a little fix for that for myself. Mm -hmm. And you might be able to use it. So I disconnect my laptop from my monitors and I'll go sit at the table or I will go sit at the bar or I'll go sit outside the patio, like on the couch outside. Because if I'm not sitting here, like with my keyboard and my mouse and my multiple monitors, it doesn't feel quite the same as just sitting outside or sitting in the kitchen. And I don't have all the Mm. windows open, so I can't see the code as easy. I can't have my debugger open. So I'm going, (laughs) I don't want to code on just my laptop screen. So then I do kind of disconnect a little bit because it doesn't feel like the right environment for me to be writing code. So it does let me feel a little less resentment to what's going on because I've taken that, the way that I do it easy away from myself. And I go, okay, 
I can't have it in the view while I'm also watching this meeting because they're going to uh, see that my eyes are going back and forth or they're going to know that I'm not looking because they're going to see my fingers tap like typing right. on the laptop screen. So I do, I will un- unplug my laptop and go sit at the bar or move away so that I don't have the urge to look at code because I will disconnect and I'll be like, Oh, they aren't talking to me. Let me go back over there and write a few more lines and see if I can sneak it in. And then like what happened today will happen where they're like, Carol and Alex, what do you guys think about that? And I was like, Oh shoot. I really hope Alex was listening. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, it didn't sound the same. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I refuse to code on a, on a trackpad. So yeah, yeah. That, yeah absolutely. that might work. Yeah. Give you a way to disconnect. It works for me. So I was listening to another podcast. I can't remember which one it was. And uh, one of the guys was talking about, I don't know if it's his whole phone or just a particular app, but he puts, I think he was saying like his Instagram app into black and white mode or his whole phone into black and white mode. And then he finds that if he opens his phone to scroll through his like Facebook or Instagram in black and white, it's like, it's just boring. And so he'll put it away oh. as a way from, he doesn't have to remove the app, but it sort of takes away the, the sugariness. The of urge it. to do it. Oh, yeah, I yeah, should do yeah. I wonder if you could schedule your phone to be that way. I didn't even know that was a thing that could be done. Yeah. yeah. It's in the accessibilities, I believe. I don't remember. I'll have to go look again, but yeah, that's kind of cool. So yeah, my management blues are happening a little i don't have any resentment though i'm i mean like overall for taking a job i'm loving what i get to do as far as growing people and getting to be a positive force for the team outside of writing code but there are times when i'm realizing i miss writing code you guys yeah i guess that's my too long didn't read version (laughs) i mean i try to look at as so when you are helping manage people to build software you're and I think Adam Lehman said this in, in, when I interviewed him you, as a product manager, you're a force multiplier. You mm-hmm. are. Right? Yeah. You're a, fo- you're a force multiplier. So you may not be directly doing the bulk of it, but mm-hmm. you are steering the ship. Yeah. And so when you land it, you can feel a bit of pride there that not only did you, some of it's your code, but most of it's your direction, right? Yeah. So I just try to keep reminding myself that. But it's so hard. And going back to the lap, Last episode, the episode before, we were talking a little bit about love languages. And and I was saying about how my primary love language is compliments. Uh, I feel like as a manager, you're much less likely to be complimented. I don't know. Maybe that's not true, but it feels like it's true because it's you're the you're the magician behind the curtain, right? Yeah. You're setting everyone else up to succeed. It's not necessarily people aren't looking at Tim being like, oh, Tim, you're Team did a great job, or maybe they are. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking they do. about. But if they do. <laughs> <laughs> if they know what's good for them. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, when the revenue numbers are good, yeah, you take that win. I guess so. It just seems like such a tighter feedback cycle when you're an individual contributor. Like you have an idea, you you barf it out onto the keyboard, and then people either go, "Oh, that's great," or "It's not great." But as a manager, it's, it's, it feels so much more strategic. I can see that. I will say one thing we do is we are structured to manage by doing servant leadership. So Mm. with that, we celebrate our victories as a team. But when there's a failure, it's my responsibility. So Mm. my team gets to praise a lot with our joys. But when something goes wrong, that's on my shoulders and it's mine to bear. So I do Mm -hmm. see what you're saying because I feel like a lot of problems that are going to come up 
I'm going to carry alone or I'm going to carry with my other manager peers and people who I am in this role with, but my team's going to see more of the success. So I think it's great if your individual contributors get to celebrate that and get to celebrate a lot and don't feel the failures. I feel like I'm doing a good job if they feel like basically what you just said, that I get to put my code out there. I get to go on and be happy and not really look at the the bad of what could be. So, yeah. I mean, and I, I somewhat agree with you, Ben. I, I don't know how often that happens, but you know, the some of the best compliments I've got is I, I've purposely taken people that were disgruntled on other teams that I felt we were going to lose that I thought were an asset. I thought they were underutilized or just mismanaged and brought them onto my team mm. and to our annual company dinner party to have them say, of course, there are a few drinks in, but like, man, <laughs> thank you. You changed my life, man. You, yeah. It, it's, oh, everything's so awesome. much better. And when you hear that, you're like, okay, that's worth it. But yeah, I mean, the managers, they're the ones giving out compliments and also doing your reviews. So it's kind of rarer for someone to say, hey, you're doing Mr. a good Man- job. Mid-manager, yeah. you're doing an awesome job. But, whereas <laughs> my case, I try to say that as much as possible, right? right. When there's something to yep. praise, praise you it. You celebrate it. Yep. You celebrate it a lot. Positive reinforcement. Yep. And for your management skills, Tim, I am where I am. And I appreciate everything you've done for me and all the hard work Aww. you put into me along the way. Because you are uh, dusty in here. You uh, <laughs> you're one of those people. I mean, you're a good manager. You're good at what you do and you're good at building people. And I'm proof of that. I mean, you put a lot of hard work in me and I appreciate that. Appreciate Truly do. That. I, yeah. I just I, I just don't understand managers who have this ego to try to prove themselves. No, I don't. I think you prove yourself by the work that the people that work with you. Right. Do. That's how you prove yep. yourself. It's not about you. It's not about you. My proving myself is just to show my team that I'm there to support them and that I've got their back and that I will yep. fight until the end to make them the best version of themselves that they can be. And I want to see them grow. And that's all I care about. However we get there, that's sure. how we get there. And that's all I've got to prove to you is that you can trust me and that I'll do the best I yep. can. Yep. yep. I mean, not to turn this to a love fest, but to see you come out of, hired you out of college yeah, and to see intern. all the amazing things you've done. So yeah, you're an intern. Yeah, so yeah. just to see how amazing you become just makes me proud. I, I totally 100% credit to you, but I'm glad yeah. I was a part of it. Huge part of it. Yep. Want to wrap it up there, guys? Calling it a yeah, night. I need to go get some Kleenex for Tim real quick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bring us home, Ben. All right, I guess so. let's wrap it up there. This episode of Working Code was brought to you by Not Adam and listeners <laughs> like you. If you're enjoying the show, please consider sharing the show with your friends and also consider supporting us on Patreon so we can keep the dulcet sounds of our voice coming at you with such high quality. Special shout out to our top supporter, Monty. You are amazing. We are humbled by your large yes. And thank you, thank you, thank you so much. His large what? (laughs) (laughs) I heard it too. We don't know you like that, Monty. (laughs) But we love you. (laughs) All Patrons get early access to an ad-free version of new episodes and the after show. And anyone can join us on our Discord at workingcode.dev slash Discord. And I guess until then... Remember, guys, your heart matters, even if you're a Dilbert (laughs) (laughs) mid-manager. Good night, guys. You've been listening to Working Code with your hosts, Adam, Ben, Carol, and Tim. 
If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and review on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. We'll catch you on the next episode of Working Code. Wait, no. How do you do the joke thing? But dun dun dun. No, like the dun dun. I don't know. I don't know. Whenever you hit, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, just hit a it. joke right, someone put in the real joke sound. Anyways. <laughs> Time for after show. Yeah. What will we talk about? You don't know because you ain't paying. <laughs> <laughs> you might be. Okay. Th- those were paying well. Oh, yeah.